Welcome to Layers of Film, the show where mediocre people discuss masterful films the first Monday of each month. I am your host, Austin Killian, joined by my co-host, Big T. Big T, happy 3rd of July. <laughs> we recorded this a happy little Happy 3rd of July. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Anything, I mean, we just talked, but any anything exciting happened in your life? You're going to be so proud of me, Oh, but I started... And I'm almost actually finished with uh, Haunting of Hill House. Oh, finally. Jeez. <laughs> I told I you about this like two years ago. That's sweet. I know. Remember, remember yeah. I started it, but I was too scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was too scary. <laughs> Wait, so you've, you're you almost finished, you just said? I'm literally, I only have one episode left. Oh, what an episode. Yeah, because I've been in like, for the last like month or two, I've been in like a scary movie scary book scary tv show june uh like <laughs> vibe you know yeah um so i have been watching it and you know what's kind of funny i don't know if it's because i like i don't i don't know but i don't feel like it's that scary oh interesting wow yeah Maybe it's because I'm on some new meds, you know, and they just don't make <laughs> yeah. me feel anything. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just Sounds kidding. so good. <laughs> but um, I don't feel like it's... There are definitely some jump scares and scary moments, but yeah. I don't remember being as scared as I was when I first watched it, you know? Interesting. Yeah, maybe... when Did you first watch it, like, during the spooky months? Maybe. Uh, it might have been in, like, October... It's I don't know. Maybe there's that. There's already like you're in the mindset of like, oh, I'm supposed to be scared. And then also your meds and you don't feel anything anymore. <laughs> but no, all actually, you know, scary. Well, I will say like, yeah, there's there's some jump scares and they are to me like they're pretty scary, um, especially like that basement thing, you know, that crawl space or whatever. That freaks me out. But uh, I. Haunting of Bly Manor, the next one that this guy does. Can't remember his name right now. Mike Flanagan, I think. Yeah. There's not nearly as many jump scares, but there is a specific thing. Yeah, I think you told me about it. The lady who walks the house. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I wish I wouldn't have spoiled that. That freaks me out way harder than... like. Yeah, I remember you saying yeah. that you were like terrified that it was going to come get you and i know you have an overactive imagination right kind of uh, or used to i used to for sure yeah but now you don't feel anything so yeah <laughs> we'll see we'll see maybe it won't get you as much yeah, as I'll it did for me it. yeah you should um, think it's more of a love story and i i i bet it'll resonate with you more than haunting of hill house although i do like haunting of hill house better yeah it's just like the first episode of haunting of hill house is pretty scary right the last to the the second to last and i'm assuming the last episode yeah. will be very scary as well but a lot of the episodes in between are more like a family drama with some scary yeah. stuff mixed into it you know yeah so i kind of i kind of like that though that um it's not just like jump scare after jump scare but it's like you have this really intense complex family drama playing out and then yeah. some haunted stuff too so i'll let you know how what i think about it but i should be done with it the next few days it, I don't want to give away too much. I'm just curious. Have you seen like the, the twist, kind of in a way? I, I, don't I remember. I don't know. Like the way that Nell this, dies. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a cool. I really like that Dude. idea too. Yeah, when yeah. I saw that, I was just like, "Wow, this is blowing me right like away right now." I would have never yeah. thought of that. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. I really like that too. Yeah. So, Sweet. yeah. I'll let you know. How about you? What's new? Um, nothing at all. No, I'm just kidding. We just talked about it, but you know, <laughs> I got a tattoo. We just talked about it. It's Avatar: The Last Airbender element symbols, and I just I felt like that had to be my first tattoo because um it's avatar less airbender and i don't think i don't think people really represent um that show as much as it should get representation so it's a great show that's cool and i love it it's probably the most like underrated world i would say like i feel like it's to me it's up there with like harry potter and star wars and all that stuff like it's it's so fleshed out and so cool and I'm really excited about like the new initiative with I think they have like a whole studio dedicated to Avatar Last Airbender now. So we should be seeing a lot more stuff out of it. I think there's gonna be a movie. They're making a there's, live action, right? There's a live action series that's they just released some pictures of that. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, I saw I saw a meme going around because the guy who plays Sokka, um, yeah. they say that he looks like the actor in the cartoon who plays Dude. Sokka on stage, you know? <laughs> I can kind of see that a little bit, <laughs> mainly with like the facial, like the face yeah. shape. Um, yeah, yeah. He looks too serious in the picture, though, which bums me out. But then again, they're probably going for a more serious tone for Netflix. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, Let's as see. long as I don't call him Ong the whole time. Oh, dude, <laughs> that killed me. Or do earthbending where the rocks move like an inch a minute. Yeah, and it took like five minutes of setup just to get it to do that. Remember? They were doing so yeah. many moves. It's so Ugh. stupid. Um, were you there when we watched that? Like, I think in we the theaters? watched it together. Yeah, we watched it opening night or weekend or whatever, and I was so stoked. And what a, dude, what a disappointment. I couldn't believe mm-hmm. it. Because I love it so much. Anyway, yeah. Uh, if you notice, the air symbol is on the top because I would be an airbender. And, uh, yeah. The last thing I would be is a firebender. What bums me out though is the fire symbol pokes out, you know, and so of your like, shirt sleeve. A lot of the time, like it'll just kind of poke uh, out underneath so- the sleeve, and so my least favorite one is the one that everyone sees first. So that's like the um, one bummer. Why would you be an airbender? I think it's most accurate to my personality because I'm really non-confrontational. I feel like that's airbending to a T. They really try to avoid it. And obviously, Aang has a problem with earthbending. I'm such a nerd about it. But he has a huge problem with earthbending because he doesn't take things head on. And that's what he's got to get over. And um, I usually don't take things head on. So <laughs> I just, and it it's so cool. You get to fly. I don't know. Yeah. I just really loved the movement and the flow of it a lot better than all the rest. But that's true. That's yeah. pretty cool. Um, speaking of TV shows, have you watched any of the new Black Mirror? Oh, shoot. I totally forgot that that came out. Have you? Is it all right? Um, my wife and I watched the first episode, which I really liked the first episode. I thought it was really okay, good. Cool. Yeah. Is um, that I what heard the, the second episode? Is that what the uh, girl from Schitt's Creek or? Yeah. Uh, Annie Murphy, I think is her and, name. And you like that episode? Yeah, I like that episode. Cool. Yeah, it has a, it, it's, right. has a good ending. I like the ending to it. All right. Cool. Um, but I ha- I heard the second episode is very um, I don't know if dark is the right word, but like not as 
fun. Not that the first episode is that fun, but <laughs> sure. um, they're not supposed. To. I've just been we've just been watching some of like the top rated episodes of okay. Black Mirror, so we just kind of been have watching them out of have been watching them a little bit out of order. Gotcha. So yeah, Sick. I'm surprised you haven't watched Black Mirror. Yet. I feel like you're obsessed with it. Man, I'll tell you what, work has been ramping up. Uh, it's just like deadline after deadline, I swear. And then on top of that, the work that I'm trying to get done has been stalled so many times because they're like changing the structure of everything on the back end. And so every day is met with me trying to log in and do my work and it won't let me log in. And then me just messaging like, hey, like what's going on? <laughs> like, and then just That's waiting. That's so annoying. Yeah, it's killing me. And I, it's like annoying on one level. It doesn't piss me off. It will piss me off, however, if I get blamed for not getting as much done as I should have. Yeah, it's not your fault, right? Which we'll see what happens. I don't think, I feel like I'm going to have to defend myself just a tad, but which is annoying, but we'll see what happens. Gonna have to fight some people. It's, it's a startup. <laughs> people, there's growing pains for sure. But it's all right. I mean, overall, it's good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, also, during this conversation, I'm very tired. I took my kids and their mom to the airport at like four. Or no, sorry. I got up at five. And uh, the fire alarm kept going off for no reason. Uh, I fell asleep at like one to begin with. And then... The fire alarm went off a few times, and I checked the whole house. Nothing was going on. I ended up turning down the air conditioning, or like turning up like the AC so that it would be cooler, just in case if for some reason it's like, it's too hot in this house. <laughs> and it did go off after I finally did that, so I don't... That's really annoying. I really hope that that's not actually... Was it like the smoke detector or the fire alarm? See, that's the one thing. I was kind of hoping it would go off. It only went off like... Beep, beep. And then it just like stopped. And then about 15 minutes, 20 minutes later, it did that again. And so when it happened the second time, I'm like, oh, I'm going to walk around and see where it's coming from. I didn't get a chance to because like, I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to sleep anyway. So I got like yeah. maybe three hours of sleep last night. I'm dead tired. Oh, living on caffeine. I, I feel like there's always something faulty with smoke detectors or fire alarms in the <sighs> middle of the night. Yeah. I, dude. Yeah. It's never a convenient time. And it's like, I'm, of course, this this hasn't happened at all since I moved in. And then, of course, it's, it happens on the night that I have to get up super early when I'm not used yeah. to. Yeah. I wanted to die, Big T. That's horrible. That's horrible. But it's okay. I got some Mountain Dew in me. You can still see the bags under my eyes, but we're going to power through. Okay? You're pulling them off. Yeah. And speaking of powering through... <laughs> Let's power through housekeeping so we can get to the sweet discussion. <laughs> Sounds good. My legendary segues. Don't forget to rate and review the show. It helps with discovery, of course. So get on Spotify, get on Apple Podcasts, get on whatever crazy podcast service that you use. Rate us, review us, get us discovered. You guys are doing a great job so far. Stats go up every month it seems like and it's just super exciting so thank you don't forget you can write into the show layers of film pod at gmail.com is the email to be part of the discussion who knows maybe one day work won't be so crazy and i'll get like a website up for us that would be dope a live tour 
No. What? <laughs> no. It'll be international. Yeah, we'll oh, have tour, tour yeah. dates on there. It'll be international to visit would, all of our... Oh, dude, that would be sick. I would love to do live shows. Are you serious? Are you serious? Uh, if you haven't seen the film that we're about to cover, of course, it is The Hateful Eight. Be aware that we're going to be diving right into spoilers. And so uh, make sure you watch it. If you haven't, or maybe you don't care, if you are going to watch it, check out the IMDb parental guide so that you know what you can or cannot handle. We kind of talked about that last episode a little bit. Big T gave me the go-ahead to keep doing the episode, so whatever. Hey, Big T, are you ready for your sweet segment called... Holly, would you rather? Holly, would you rather? You ready? Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Let's power through this. <laughs> Holly, would you rather yeah. see someone get hanged right in front of you <laughs> or see a classmate get hit by a bus? A classmate get hit by a bus? <laughs> Hold and on. Does that mean girls? That is mean girls. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I had to dig a little deep. I haven't seen that movie forever. Uh, you know what? Just because it's so comedic when it happens in mean girls, I'm going to say the bus. <laughs> what would right. you do? Yeah. I would say the bus because yeah. you'd well, probably get out of school. Yeah, and they probably, it's a better chance that they won't die. That's true. The, hang, the hanging, I feel like, is pretty explicit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, Holly, would you rather drink poison and vomit your guts out yes. or have to dig through a pile of dirty needles to find a key to escape a pit? Oh, I don't. Is that saw or something? I don't that know what is that saw. is. I've never, I've never seen it, but I'm, that sounded like a I saw haven't thing. either, but I feel like it's <laughs> the most classic saw trap out yeah. there. Like everyone always talks about it. Um, I feel like the second one because there's a, there's 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 hope. <laughs> the other one, I'm like, I'm gonna die, dude. I don't know. Although, maybe again for a comedic effect because it's kind of funny in the movie when it happens. I'll go with the poison. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I just feel like needles would be horrible. That would be horrible. And then you'd like contract some disease, and uh, I don't know. So yeah. No fun either way. No. Okay, last one. Okay. Would you Holly, would you rather have your nuts shot off instantly <laughs> or have to saw through your own arm with a pocket knife? Oh, that's 127 hours for sure. That is. Look at I you, three for three. Yeah, holy crap, that never happens. I do like that movie actually quite a bit. Um We'll go with the arm. We'll 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 that'll that'll suck, but you know, after watching 127 hours, I'll know not to dull the blade too much, and then saw it. Out. Or was that a part of your question? Was that a part of the scenario? <laughs> no, it's dull? no, just that you have to use a pocket knife. Yeah, because that was the problem: is that he dulled the crap out of it, trying to chisel the rock out. Mm. And if he hadn't done that, I bet it would have been a lot smoother. I have well, not seen that movie either, oh, gotcha. um, and that sounds like a horrible experience. Yeah, Re real life for those that don't know. Aaron Ralston, I think that actually happened. Pretty yeah, crazy. That Is would, that what you would do or no? 
Uh, honestly, sure. Why not? (laughs) You want to get your nuts shut up? Shut up. That would. I mean, it would be nice that it would be instantaneous, and you don't have to do it to yourself. You know, but that's true. I feel like I don't know if I would have the guts to actually cut my arm off. I would probably just die. So who knows? Yeah, that's true. Hey, but you can make some cool home videos trapped in a rock. <laughs> anyway, that's true. You, you haven't seen Holly, it. Would you rather? Nice. Thank you for the game. That was good. I feel very accomplished already. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> episode's over. Shortest episode on the books. <laughs> Look at us go. We powered through and we made it to the end. Don't forget to subscribe. <laughs> Whatever. I don't even know. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for the game. Appreciate it. Let's move on into our discussion of The Hateful Eight. Of course, we'll do the film introduction as we always do. This movie released December 25th, Christmas 2015. Here is the synopsis. In the dead... What? In the dead of a Wyoming winter, a bounty hunter and his prisoner find shelter in a cabin currently inhabited by a collection of nefarious characters. Directed and written by Quentin Tarantino. Composed by Ennio Morricone. I don't know. Cinematography by Robert Richardson. This is my first time actually including the cinematography. For some reason, the cinematography just like really stood out to me in this movie. So I was like, I need to start including that. Big actors, Samuel L. Jackson, Kurt Russell, Jennifer, Jason Lee, amongst many others. Budget of 44 to $62 million. It I don't know, it it's gives kind of me a range a, instead of a set a thing. a big gap there. Yeah, pretty big gap. That's like a whole third. Uh, box office earnings, $156.5 million. So pretty good. It's a winner. And you can watch it on Netflix at the time that we are recording. Big T, <laughs> you gave me pretty wide eyes earlier. What did you think of this film? Um, I don't think I have ever seen a Quentin Tarantino film before. It can be shocking. Um, it was very violent. <laughs> yeah. Correct. Um, look, I liked the mystery element to this movie of like something strange is going on here. I think I've mm-hmm. told you this before, but I love movies where people are trapped somewhere and something bad is happening and they're trying to figure it out. Um, so yeah. I really loved that element. Um, I would say overall, this movie is not my type of movie, oh. but I can appreciate the cinematography and like the mm-hmm. storytelling and the characters. Um, yeah, I, it was a little too gory for me. It was like, okay, there were parts where I was like, oh my goodness, okay, we just saw okay. his entire head get exploded. That was um, sick. <laughs> yeah, not a huge fan of gore, yeah. um, unless it's really, uh, like campy, like, yeah. um, uh, ready or not. This is not campy uh, to you? I mean, it's really gory, but it's also pretty ridiculous, right? I mean, I wouldn't call this campy, though, because, like, ready or not, the gore is, like, really campy because, I mean, you can tell it's fake, right? It's just, like, red, you can tell it's fake blood, where this one, there's, like, chunks of stuff in the, like, and you see head-on when the person's, like, face explodes, like, it's just a little too (laughs) violent for my taste, but um, I can see the appeal that it has. All right, so violence, gore out of the way. There's obviously some other things that could be pretty shocking, especially like language. Um, I mean, 
Daisy gets beat up constantly, although she's a Mm -hmm. piece of junk, but you know, maybe that's going to be shocking for people as well. Is there anything else that would uh, be added on to your reasons why this is not your cup of tea? Um, you know, I don't think that there's besides like the extreme level of gore. Um, I don't think that there's anything in particular that would automatically make this not my kind of movie to watch. I know. And I can't remember if, I think we talked about this on air, but I can't remember last time. Mm. Um, the prolific use of the N-word for for one thing. We sort of talked about that before. Um, yeah. And I appreciate you bringing that up and like sort of addressing that before we got into it last episode. Yeah. But I did was like I was doing some research just to see like how do people feel about this? Like how does the black community feel about this? What is the sort of current take on white actors saying the N-word and things like that? Um, and yeah. I think for me kind of what... Uh, I took away from that was an interview that Samuel L. Jackson did about the movie, mm-hmm. just sort of talking about how for him it was an appropriate use of the N-word, I guess. Um, sure. Because you're capturing a, like the historical accuracy of the time and of the people and of the characters and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that for me was kind of the tipping point of like, okay, you know what? I'll like watch this movie. Okay. Um, definitely not. I mean, I don't think anyone feels like comfortable. I mean, there's, sure. I'm sure there are some people, but I don't think anyone, I don't think many people watch this movie excited to see white people say the N word, you know, but, um, <laughs> yeah, well, there, there's probably some, but <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there are some, but I don't yeah. think that's the driving factor for right. most people as to why they want to like, like this movie. Sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, I appreciate that people have had a conversation about it and Samuel L. Jackson himself has talked about sort of the, um, relevance of the word being used. Um, and then I also saw some stuff about uh, like portrayal of misogyny and sexism. I mean, throughout the film, um, Daisy is like chained to a man. She's getting like very um, physically assaulted throughout it and quite a bit of things. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later as well. But um, yeah, I mean, those things, I think those are things, real things that happen. And those, I think it's important for media to represent those things in a tactful and and accurate manner. So I didn't think that it was um, like excessive in in that sense, if if that makes sense. Yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 I, yeah, I, obviously it's totally personal for everyone. Everyone has their preference. Everyone has their tipping points. Everyone, you know, has a threshold and whatever, whether or not there should be a threshold, you know, that's up for discussion, obviously for me, like, like, you know what you were discovering and what you were saying um yeah it it kind of goes back to the context and that's kind of what we talked about last time in the yeah. context like the language makes sense in the context of uh John Ruth right the bounty hunter um Kurt Russell's character him completely mistreating Daisy well that just speaks to specifically John Ruth which i think Quentin Tarantino does a pretty good job. If that if that bothers you, um, which it yeah, obviously it's supposed to make you uncomfortable because he really lays into her a lot of the time. Yeah, she, for sure. And I mean, she gets obviously spoilers right right from the gate. Her brother's heads splattered all over her face. So like that's really terrifying, you know. But it's not like every single 
It's not like every single character in the entire film is mistreating her. There's people that are treating her actually quite nice. Obviously, you know, some of them are rolling with her. But then other people, like like sometimes uh, Major Warren, Samuel L. Jackson's character, is, you know, being a little nicer to her. He only hits her once, right? Whereas <laughs> whereas John Ruth hits her, like, every five seconds in the film. Yeah, anytime she, like, opens her mouth. So, so at least, like, you know, if you're going to tie this back to... Quentin Tarantino as you should because he's the one that wrote it and directed it and this is obviously what he envisioned and what he wanted um you could look at him however you want I personally look at it as well not every character was completely mistreating her so I wouldn't necessarily say this is a super misogynistic movie from that standpoint there's probably a lot of other things that you could discuss that makes it really, you know, <laughs> yeah. ridiculous. And obviously, I think I think there was something that I saw that um, kind of everyone hates each other in the film most of the time. And the only thing that really brings them together is when, you know, they have a mutual misogynistic. Yeah, a common like, enemy. Or like a common, yeah, like, yeah, 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 a common enemy. But it usually goes back to some kind of manly you know, kind of thing or whatever that's ridiculous. So, yeah. Um, but then again, probably accurate for the time. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, the context yeah. is everything. And I was, um, I was reading after I watched it. I was reading some um, articles about like the racism in it, the sexism, the misogyny, the abuse, and things like that. Um, and yeah. I was reading some articles and quotes by some feminist. Uh, film critics mm-hmm. and I mean ev- obviously everyone has different opinions so some of them were like Daisy's character is like really problematic because she's always in chains and she's like uh, like getting abused throughout and then other feminist writers have been like well they clearly mentioned throughout the film like oh you're really going to hang a woman and like what's more equal than hanging a woman just like you would hang a man, you know? Sure, yeah. So there's kind of this play back and forth between her character not having agency in a sense and then her character being treated just like you would treat a male criminal mm-hmm. at the time, you know? Yeah. So I think that there's definitely different perspectives and it's important to just sort of consider those different components. But um, I, from my understanding, I don't think Quentin Tarantino intentionally wrote this to bring in sort of commentary towards sexism and misogyny, but um, Mm. it definitely plays out that way. But I was reading some stuff that he did kind of want to make a stab at racism sort of. And so that, that definitely plays a very strong role in this movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. That 100%. And I mean, he covers that in a few other films of his, I think, Django Unchained, yeah. which is personally my favorite of his, I think. Well, maybe Inglorious Bastards, I don't know. But well, that's racist too. But anyway. Um Yeah, I yeah, I, I, I just I don't know. I had something that I was gonna say, but I yeah, I don't know. I, I don't personally have a problem with this. I think the racism, you know, kind of the subject of that is it's done in a really interesting way that you don't really see a lot, I feel like. I, I don't know. I just feel like it's really it's really interesting because it's blatant. And then there's also weird friendships that come out anyway. There's a yeah. moment there's a moment where like um uh Major Warren is actually sort of finding common ground with the general who's probably either the most racist or the second most racist person in the room, you know? Mm-hmm. Probably the most racist, I don't know. 
then again, the sheriff is pretty, he says a lot of racist things, at least, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but they, even they find common ground. I don't know, for some reason, the way that things are tackled here, and and um, even the stuff with Daisy's character, and how harsh she's treated, I'm not going to, I don't want to say it's a breath of fresh air, but it's a little, it's more interesting than a lot of other things. And I feel like Quentin Tarantino is really the only one that can do that. I mean, obviously he's the, he's the one that really tackles it. And I think provokes a lot of different thoughts in a lot of his films and makes it really interesting in that way. And I feel like, I don't know, like, yeah, again, for the lack of a better term, it's just kind of a breath of (laughs) fresh air, which is weird to say it's mm-hmm. me- I don't know. <laughs> yeah i mean i think that like i said i haven't watched any of quentin tarantino's other films yeah, i'm not sure. not sure i will after watching this because <laughs> if it, they're as violent as this one i don't know if yeah. i will uh yeah. be able to stomach it but <laughs> um oh yeah but i know that he has talked about in, in this film in particular, he wanted to touch on racism and how that sort of impacts different things. And I think you see that when um, Warren's he has that quote where he says something like the only time black folks are safe is when white people are disarmed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I th- think that that is a very uh, accurate statement um, for the most part. And I think that you see how that plays out in his interactions with all of the other characters, all the other white characters for sure. Yeah. I, I actually wrote that. I wrote that down in my notes because it was just so interesting. Cause, cause there's another quote earlier in the film. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that it's the sheriff, uh, that says it, but, um, like the only time that white men are safe or when, um, black folks are scared or something like that, or yeah. afraid mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, which is just, yeah, it's very, it's messed up and it's very interesting to see that the difference in opinion. Two different worldviews. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. Two different worldviews that are very present in current society as well. You know, that's not just some mm. hyperbole of people, but that is quite literally how many white people think, you know? Yeah. Um, and I actually saw too that in 2015, Quentin Tarantino um, went to a Black Lives Matter protest and he talked about um, something along the lines of like uh, murder is murder. And when I see it, I need to stand up against it or something like that. Mm. Um, And the police officers wanted to boycott the film because they were so upset that he would make the claim that a cop murdered a black person, you know. Mm. But um, I think that it's even honestly more relevant. I think nowadays, you know, I don't want to get too far into the weeds in this because as two white people, I don't think that we have a lot of leeway to talk about it. But um, like, I think it's even more prevalent nowadays. We've seen through social media and all all these things uh, like state violence against black communities. Um, And I think that Quentin Tarantino, he obviously doesn't capture all of that, but he does capture a very unique segment of that violence. Um, Yeah that happens through systems towards towards black people and through individuals towards black people as well. Yeah, it's uh, I mean you talking about that it's so interesting cuz I remember when like maybe this movie came out. I can't remember the interviews. It, it was either for this movie or Django. Um cuz in both films the n-word is used quite a lot and a lot of the questions that I think Samuel L. Jackson would get asked is like is Quentin Tarantino racist? And then he would be like 
I don't, <laughs> I don't believe that Quentin Tarantino's or Quentin or whatever he called them is racist for a second. Like, yeah, like the use of the N words is, is, you know, all throughout a lot of his scripts and stuff like, or not a lot of his script, but some of his scripts and it's harsh and it's, it's hard and supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. But at the same time, like Samuel Jackson is in most of his films and what Samuel said in the interview or some of the interviews is, um, that pretty much every time, like you look at my character, he's the smartest one in the room. Like every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Quinn turned, like if he was full blown racist, he would, uh, he would probably, you know, make Samuel L. Jackson's character, not like the smartest person in the room or, or not, or maybe that's not intentional or whatever, but maybe Quentin uh, makes it a point to make sure he's the smartest person in the room. I don't know. And, and when you watch this film, for sure. Like, Major Warren is... He's got to be the smartest person. And he's actually... He's kind of running the show the whole time. Yeah, the whole time. He's the Even first one that starts... Even when shot off. <laughs> he's, he's the first one to question things. He's the first one to take charge. He's... He outsmarts yeah. the general, kills him, all this stuff, and makes sure that he doesn't get in trouble. I mean, he probably dies in the end, but, you know, he's still... He's still the last... And you know what? <laughs> Completely off the point... Just something when I when I finished watching the film, I never thought of this the first time I watched the only other time that I watched this. Um the sheriff is actually really smart too. Like his instincts are actually really spot on. He sounds like an idiot and he acts like an idiot, and the way he talks is really idiotic a lot of the time. But he's he's the only one that calls Major Warren on his bluff about the Lincoln letter, you know, the Abraham Lincoln letter. He's the only one like, mm-hmm. no. He doesn't have that. I know his reputation. No way he has a letter from... No way that the President of the United States corresponded with this guy who was semi, you know, like, traitorous or or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. Killed a bunch of Union <laughs> yeah, soldiers killed, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, he's he... His instinct was spot on about who poisoned, you know, the coffee and... Um, I don't know. He's 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 actually a really spot on character, but that's completely besides the point. But then again, I don't I don't I don't think that we need to make the entire discussion about, you know, racism and all that stuff, but Yeah, I mean, I think that you kind of said it at the beginning of like everyone's comfort level with these themes and the the dialogue and the characters is going to be different. Um, but I think at least for me reading the interviews with Samuel Jackson and kind of the larger conversation, like these things aren't being done explicitly maliciously, right? That they mm-hmm. are historically accurate and portraying characters in a certain way, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, like I said, the, the main issue that I had was like the, the sheer level of violence. <laughs> like there are certain camera angles where, you know, like this person's about to have their head blown off, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I think I'm going to just look away a little for, for a little bit. <laughs> so did, did your wife watch it with you or no? She did not. No. <sighs> what a, what a bummer. It'd be funny to see <laughs> what she thought of it too. Um, yeah, dude. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's a major difference between you and I. I mean, I definitely go into Quentin Tarantino films to just see what craziness oh, yeah, he see. has in store. I know. I'm not a big gore fan, uh, so. The, uh, I feel like the movie of his that would probably, I mean, Inglorious Bastards is awesome. It can get pretty gory, too. But um, his latest film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, 
probably the least gory throughout the film, except for the end, and it's awesome. Anyway, yeah, so yeah, that's my attitude towards it. It's like, oh my, oh, dude, I was laughing so much in this film because of yeah. just how crazy. Even, even when, um, oh, one of like the inn ladies who's getting the jelly beans on top. I didn't, I don't know her yeah, name. Yeah, Gemma. Gemma. And she's got yeah. the jelly beans, and then when she gets shot, like the explosion of the jelly beans. It's so yeah. What she, a like, shot! Flies off the ladder, dude. <laughs> which makes yeah. No I'm sense. curious about the. I'm, they're all practical effects, right? I, I think so. Yeah. Like I would just be curious to see the science behind the practical effects because, <laughs> I mean, are all of his movies typically like that detailed when it comes to like the chunks of brain you see fly out of the head and stuff? Yeah. See. Yeah. Yep. That's it's the detail that gets me. <laughs> yeah. Which which I really and that I mean that's definitely something that you could say about Quentin Tarantino films. Yeah. He is meticulous about every aspect of his films, and you could see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wonder how much like blood or if they use like (laughs) sheep guts or whatever, like how much they go through. Yeah. Oh. Also, imagine your job is to just like procure animal intestines for Hollywood (laughs) violence. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll be honest. I totally forgot about most of the violence in this film because it had been so long. And, And like thinking back on just my memory of it, I... I was actually shocked about. I forgot most of it, and I was just like, "Oh really? my!" Yeah. As far as the violence goes, like I knew like the regular like plot, you know, the beats and all yeah. that stuff. But about the violence, like I, I, yeah. Again, thinking back on it, I was just like, "That's not a very violent movie. This should be pretty good for a big T." And then watching it, I was like, "Oh man, this movie's so good." <laughs> because so this good. Is, this is so horrifying to see. <laughs> it's so. It's comedic to me though which is probably messed up but just yeah i mean there is there is a level of comedy because yeah like a lot of the shots of the person's like face exploding they kind of have comedic timing you know yeah Yeah. like when jody gets shot like yeah i mean and the camera angles and stuff there is some sort of this movie was actually a lot funnier than i thought it would be like yeah I, I literally knew nothing about it i thought it was going to be like a really typical western somebody goes into like a little cowboy town and like i didn't realize it was going to be like a capsule film you know where it's just in like one setting primarily um so i i I went into it not really knowing anything about it and it was um not as like westerny as i thought it would be you know yeah meaning like oh there's a big bad guy that comes in and you got to kick him out of town and there's a saloon and yada 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 so yeah the the first As I mean, I watched this movie close to when it came out, and I don't think I was really paying attention to like dialogue as as much Mm -hmm. and and shots and stuff like that. And so, for the first about like hour of the film, I was like, Man, I don't know if this film's for me. This is slow, lots of talking, like, Mm -hmm. I do not know about this. And then, and then once, like, like, seriously, it takes like a whole hour for. Samuel yeah. Jackson to actually get into the cabin like itself or the end. Yeah, the whole first hour is just them setting up the yeah. scene pretty much. Yeah, setting up the scene, setting up the characters inside of there. So you get like ev- literally everyone's backstories. So you mm-hmm. know them. And then once like stuff starts happening, like you can really 
get inside their head throughout the rest of the film and see. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of people that you don't really get too in on, but still. And and then, yeah, finally Samuel Jackson enters and you see the look on his face of like, mm, this is not... Thumbs up. This is not right, yeah. Then you're mm-hmm. like, ooh, what's going on? And then once the the whole, what is it, chapter four or something, and uh, Quentin Tarantino narrates, and he's just like, and, you know... Uh, Daisy's the only one that saw that someone put poison in the coffee yeah. pot, and then that's that's when I was like on the edge of my seat, like whoa, like I totally misread this movie. I thought it was going to be bored from start to finish, but now it's clue yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah, I think the it. part when John when they divide the room in half, the North and the South, and then mm-hmm. John Ruth is like one of those people over there isn't who they say they are, and they're trying mm-hmm. to get date like that. To me, that sets the stakes. You know, we yeah, always yeah, talk yeah. about stakes. Oh yeah, sure. And I'm like, oh okay, this is like Agatha Christie. You know, okay, I can get behind <laughs> this. <laughs> Agatha Christie, what are you talking? What is this? You don't know who Agatha Christie is? I don't know. I'm sorry. She's like a really famous mystery writer. Oh, yeah. Oh, Um, you've mentioned this person before. Yeah, and then there were none. Uh, Yeah, sure. I don't read. A really famous one, Miss Marple, I think. Anyway, um, and then there were none is a good one. We should watch it. Well, actually, I don't know how good the film is, but the the book is good. The book is good. Okay. Um, But yeah, I mean, I just, I love, like I said, those very atmospheric, like something's wrong here and people are dying and stuff like that. So, so. Something that I couldn't get out of my head when I was watching this film was, like, I was so shocked after The Godfather when we started talking about that, and you said five minutes in, you were in, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, you were all in, and, like, I think I'm going to really like this film, and we obviously both loved it. You know, this movie is not The Godfather for sure. I think it's, I personally think it's really good. Um, especially if you can ignore the gore, I guess if you if you have a hard time with gore and you can ignore it, like it's I think it's really good. I think at times it's self indulgent for sure. Like the dialogue is really well done, but the dialogue is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Goes on a little too long. Love it, but it goes on a little too long sometimes. It's like all right. Oh really? I didn't think that it did. Really? There was just uh. sometimes. It didn't like annoy me. There's some movies that really annoy me. Like okay. Eh. Pick it up. Okay. But so I thought you meant like the actual dialogue. I feel like there are scenes that are too long. It's like, okay, yeah. let's like it. We, I understand the point here. Let's get through this. You know, yeah. it feels like it drags out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I agree and, with you. And it's, it's kind of cool because it is somewhat refreshing. Like you get, you get good dialogue in some movies and then Quentin Tarantino films, especially this one is like, Ooh, like the level of detail in every word that everyone says is like you're reading it from a book. Where, yeah, that's you what know, a lot of people have said. Yeah, it's because you have to get really descriptive in a book, right? Yeah. And so it's like, man, we can see everything, but we're also getting like this crazy descriptive mm-hmm. yeah, dialogue from each character as well. But yeah. it does go on for like, okay, eh, let's let's keep. Or no, not eh. it again. It didn't really annoy me, but it's just like this could have been maybe twenty minutes shorter, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that there are definitely scenes where like you know where the scene is going, yeah. but then it kind of drags on a little too long. Like yeah. that for me is kind of the point where it's like okay, you set the scene, you've set expectations, and then you just take a little bit too long to like enact the actual expectation. You yeah. know. So I felt too, like a lot of, don't get me wrong. Like I said, I love the cinematography. A lot of the establishing shots are really, really long too. Like we have like a minute and a half pan of the 
Wyoming snowstorm. And I'm like, okay, this could have been 20 seconds, you know, yeah, for sure. Or like when they go to set up the, the lines to the outhouse and stuff, it's like, I don't need to see them stake every single pole. I get what's going on. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. That's true. I, yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say it does, it does, um, give it a very like atmospheric feeling. Like you watch those establishing shots and they're an hour and a half long or not an hour and a half, like a minute and a half long, but the shot combined with the music, especially you were like, no, you were like in the mood of the, of the Mm, film, you know, they set you up really, really well for like what to expect and what to, um, sort of like how to be feeling, you know? So I, I get why they did it, but I agree with yeah. you. It was like, okay, this is a little too long. Yeah, that's the thing that I go back and forth on with 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 that kind of long feeling. Like, there's, there's times where I've like made songs like on the guitar or recorded or whatever. And, or yeah, sorry, just like making up a song on a guitar and I start playing and I do something and I'm like, ooh, this sounds this sounds good, but I think there's one tweak that I could do to it and it'll sound better. And then I make that tweak and I'm like, dang, the the feeling isn't there anymore. Like and then I go back to the way it was and I'm like, I feel like there's something inefficient or or insufficient, I don't know, about this, but at the same time it's just not the same unless I do it this way. So I guess I'll mm-hmm. just carry on doing it this way. And I feel yeah. like that same kind of feeling applies to this movie at least for me, where it's like I feel like there's a tweak that I could make, but at the same time if I make that tweak, this movie would not be nearly as good. So Yeah, it all serves a purpose, I think, for the yeah. most part. I mean, it definitely captures whatever Quentin Tyrone It gets me excited when I see writer director you know combo like you do the you do both because it's like oh cool like we are going to see exactly what you wanted a singular vision yeah which is nice um on a completely different side note you know venom the movie the movie or the character yeah the movie so i think it's had this i can't remember the writer's name but she's written all the venom movies um, and they've pretty much sucked, in my opinion. She's she's writing and directing the third one. She didn't direct the other two. And so, again, a complete side note, but just talking about writing and directing at the same time. Yeah. This is going to be the ultimate test. If this movie sucks, she's not very good. <laughs> in my, like her, it's just There's her, no excuses. Yeah, exactly. Like the excuses are gone. You got to do exactly what you wanted to. Well, I guess the produce, you know, the production yeah. might, you know, put in a ton of notes. But at the same time, like you should pretty much be able to capture your vision. And yeah. if it's not good, I just don't think I like your vision whatsoever. <laughs> but that anyway. the charm, right? <laughs> I'm not holding my breath. Anyway, dude, yeah. Any anyway, the shots I definitely want to, again, like I've never included the cinematographer before in the I think this is an appropriate film to include the cinematographer on it's so good i mean there's a few notes i wish i would have organized it better but there's a few notes where it's just like whoa this shot like one that i'm thinking of right now is when um major warren is is you know explaining to the general what he did to his son and all that jazz and then he walks over to the bar and there's like this light with dust particles just going throughout the light and he's framed just perfectly and it's like oh what is like there's just so many shots there's like the wide shot of them riding away from the 
um, the the storm, and it's just like what a like you just don't it's, and uh, combined with the music. Yeah, the music and the cinematography just makes it like yeah. spot on. Oh, so good. And it feels I so really classic. don't think that you could have done the cinematography or the music better. I feel like it's very well done and they meld together like perfectly. Absolutely. 100%. And there's not like, you know, I always talk about like the lack of music can be so much better sometimes. And I don't think that it ever. I think it's always placed just perfectly. And really, the music only comes in. When it's like, let's reestablish the tone now. Like, yeah, because mm-hmm. like the 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 very first, you know, the opening sequence has the music, and you already feel like uneasy. You know, mm-hmm. you're like, ooh, something. You're like, something bad's about to happen. Something bad's about. I'm like, like waiting for somebody film. to get shot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the 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 tone of the film is already like suspenseful, and then you know you get this amazing dialogue. Maybe there's some lighthearted things going on, and then you know. We see that the coffee's poisoned, and then the music comes back in, or whatever. And it's like ooh. it sets the tone really well. Yeah, I love it. So good, so good. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I completely went off though. You, it didn't take you five minutes to to say, "Oh, I think I'm." Actually, I don't think at any point you said, "I think I'm really gonna like this film." You know. I would say if there was a point, it was when John Ruth says, like, yeah. somebody here isn't who they say they are. Because I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> this is my niche genre. Um, but I will say, minus, like, the establishing shots that I think are too long, again, I think that you're kind of hooked from the very beginning. Even though there is, like, a lot of dialogue when they're in the stagecoach and stuff, I think even when they get to the haberdashery and you can kind of see that warren's like "Mm, something's wrong then you're like oh okay okay here we go you know so i just think that even though the the there's not a lot of action in the first hour the the music really sets the tone of like we're we're building up to something yeah definitely it's it's funny because it's like the first hour is all character development (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then the second hour is like all mystery and then the third hour is like action it's slash yeah, mystery, just, but like, ooh, stuff's just happening. Violence. Yeah, just violence pretty much the whole time. But I mean, minus like the second hour has the general dying. Um, yeah. But what did you think of uh, that that earlier in the day flashback of um, when the the members of the gang, you know, show up? in the first place like was that a weird departure of the tone or was it kind of cool to see like the setup of when those the gang members actually got there and killed everyone and you know got everything set up yeah i think it does a great job of building tension for the third act yeah i think that you get to the end of that flashback and you're like shit's about to get real because right before that um warren got his nuts shot off right yeah yeah. And then it shows Jody in the basement and then it does a flashback. So I yeah. feel like it does a really good job of setting you up for like, okay, Warren was in charge this whole time. And I actually really like that, that Warren gets hurt. Cause usually in a lot of like mystery or detective stories, like, uh, Sherlock or, yeah. um, what's his face? The other guy, um, I'm, I'm blanking on his name right now, but, um, they kind of are like, 
they know everything. They never get hurt. It's like maybe their friend or family is yeah. in danger, but they never are. And I like that, that you have the Sherlock character, Warren, and he gets shot, you know, and you're like, oh, yeah. he might not make it. You know, I really like that he's not immune to all of the chaos going on around him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that I remember that really catching me off guard. Like, no way. Like, he's yeah. been so in charge and he's going to die or something. Exactly. That leads me to like my one, there's probably other plot holes, but that's the one that I caught where I'm like, were you just out of bullets, Jody? Or why didn't you just keep shooting? You know what I mean? He shot his nuts once and then that was it. (laughs) Yeah. I kind of wondered the same thing too, because there's the, the, uh, Chris is like talking the whole time and I'm like, you should be able to shoot them. You know, so I don't really know. I don't know. Yeah, I was. Yeah, that that that's like the one plot hole. I mean, the only thing that I could think of is he already used his bullets before, except for the one. He's like, oh shoot! Like I, <laughs> he had two of, guns though. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, maybe <laughs> maybe they go off to somewhere that the basement doesn't extend to, so he can't reach them. What I don't is know. what is that? Um, oh yeah, I wrote this down. I love. I love the quote. Well, you better shit another pistol out your ass. <laughs> so good. And he throws up. He's like, told you. Yeah, I told, yeah, dude, that was so, I thought that yeah. was so funny. I think one of my favorite parts of dialogue is when uh, Warren shoots Daisy and she's like, Jesus Christ. And then yeah. he's like, oh, you believe in Jesus now, do you? Well, you're about to go meet him. <laughs> Oh, actually, that reminds me of like the very or one of the first shots that we get, and it pans on it for a very long time. Maybe that's what you were talking about earlier. I can't remember, mm-hmm. but the 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 Jesus statue, yeah, the, yeah, the Jesus statue. You think that was any kind of foreshadowing whatsoever? Um, I mean, everybody dies. <laughs> everybody dies. Like I was just trying to think. Because I, I knew that she got hung at the end. And so I was just like, does this kind of loosely relate to her getting hung at the end? Then again, she's not like she's not like a Jesus-like figure. So I don't <laughs> I don't know exactly what that's supposed to mean. I don't... Yeah, I was trying to... I should have put more thought into it. But I was wondering... because because An eye for an eye? I don't know. I don't know. It's just so... It, it lingers on it for like a whole two minutes or something multiple times yeah so it's just like this has got to mean something but i i didn't put enough thought into it i apologize maybe it's religion organized religion is inherently violent <laughs> maybe I don't, I don't i don't know i don't know i i doubt that's the thing <laughs> yeah 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 oh man yeah i there's just there's so many great moments in this yeah movie. and i think that I know they spend the first hour just sort of like building up the exposition, but yeah. I feel like it makes characters that you really love and you really hate. Like the characters in this, I think, are stellar. That's true. Do you have you any have very favorites? unique characters? Um, you know, I don't necessarily like Daisy's <laughs> character. Okay, but the actress who plays her is so good. Like, I just think that she. Like Daisy's character is so funny to me because she's like always doing weird stuff. You know, when John Ruth is giving that whole speech about I'm taking her to Red Rock to hang and she's like making the like motion of her hanging or whatever. Or um, she's talking to Chris and 
they say something and she like kind of sputters and she's like, duh, of course, or whatever. Like, I just think her character is really entertaining. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's a little, um, it almost has like an 80s over the top feel to it where it's like, yeah, it feels kind of very sitcom y. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Character. And then you have some of the slower characters. Yeah, it's, it's, funny i i think the same way about the sheriff a little bit too he's he's a little over the top his acting could yeah, be a he's, little he's goofy yeah. he's super goofy and i'm i'm not sure mm-hmm. if i'm completely sold on his acting but it's okay like i yeah he's like a disney channel dad if you were to just like tweak yeah. up the racism real he does, hardcore you he know? does like the head wobbles like over and over again yeah. and it's just like yeah. okay <laughs> i don't think that's really how many people talk but that's all right um yeah I do love the line, um, maybe I'm paraphrasing, I don't remember, when the hangman catches you, you hang. I love that. Yeah. I don't know why. I just think yeah, it's yeah. it's so simple, but at the same time, maybe it's the way it's delivered. I don't know. It's so, it just gets me every time. I don't know. Um, were there any moments during the film that you were like, you know, trying to figure stuff out? Like, ooh, I want, like who's who's a part of the, you know, who's a part of the gang or whatever? I think when he has them, when Warren has them all up against the wall and he's kind of trying to deduce like who did what, you know, Yeah. I think part of me was like, oh yeah, who is involved in this? What's going on? I mean, I didn't right. see the Jody being in the basement. So yeah, that's, um, yeah, that's true. That kind of, that kind of comes out quite a bit surprisingly, which, which you know? I think is kind of ingenious because you are, yeah, that's definitely a moment where you're supposed to like really, Ooh, let's follow his deductions. Let's remember that what's his face. Bob was at the piano the whole time. So, so there's no way that he poisoned the coffee. He could still, he's probably still in on it because he doesn't seem to know a lot about Minnie and um, what's his face. Uh, Sweet Dave. But so you like, you know, he's a part of it or you have a feeling, a really strong feeling that he's a part of it, but he didn't, poison the coffee so you're trying to figure out who poisoned the coffee and all that stuff and you're also i was sort of 50 50 if i remember right actually even this time i kind of forgot if mowbray whatever the english guy oswaldo um i kind of like he seems really sketchy but at the same time maybe he's just really charismatic i don't know but also a little sketchy was there any point Mm -hmm. where you were like oh that or at, probably for right from the beginning, you're like, no, that guy's. Yeah, when he pulled out the business cards, I was like, this. There's no way this guy's the hangman. Yeah. Like he's way too <laughs> like yeah. eager to try to prove he's the hangman to actually be the hangman. He had a lot to say about it, though, didn't he? You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. He had a lot to say about it, like the philosophical, like kind of yeah. <laughs> stuff, which was funny to me. Yeah. So I kind of talked about who my favorite characters are, but who? Or did you have a favorite character or favorite scene? Well, I love. I love Major Warren for sure. Yeah, for sure. I love, like, he's probably my top for, because the delivery, I mean, it's Samuel L. Jackson. Honestly, Samuel L. Jackson, a lot of the time, is not my favorite actor. I think he's, you know, he's okay. Yeah. But with Quentin Tarantino, I'm always, he's always riveting. I don't know why. Yeah, he shines. So good. Um, I do like Oswaldo uh, Mowbray a lot. He's, he's kind of quirky. He's ridiculous. It, it's It's pretty funny. Um, kind of John Ruth a little bit. I don't know, but not so much. Yeah, Jody, 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 no, not really. But Channing Tatum, it's probably Channing Tatum's best performance ever. <laughs> okay, he Jody showed up, and I was like, 
that looks like Channing Tatum. And then you yeah. get a closer look. I'm like, what the hell? That is Channing Tatum. That is Channing like, Tatum. And he's in it for so little. Yeah, super little. You know? Which I think, I don't remember. I I probably wasn't paying attention to the opening credits that much. It does say it upon the second watch through. Um, it does say that Channing Tatum's in it. Um, but for some he reason. He famous though at this point, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Like yeah. he was semi-famous, but. Well, yeah. No, yeah. Like he's, he's probably the most famous actor after Samuel L. Jackson in this movie. Maybe Kurt Russell. He's maybe yeah. fallen a little bit, but he's he's still really famous, I think. Like I think more people now yeah. our age would recognize Channing Tatum before they recognized Kurt yeah. Russell though. Yeah, probably. You know? Tim but he's Roth. Not, he he's not really a main character in it, you know? No. So Which I, is awesome. I saw him show up and I was like, Oh, I didn't I did not realize Channing Tatum was in this movie. I know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I it's it, it does catch you off guard a little bit. It's it's kind of funny. And then at the same like, there's a little bit of like, oh, Channing Tatum's definitely bringing Channing Tatum to the character. But mm-hmm. this is probably the most like the biggest variation of him that I've ever seen in a film. So For sure. that was kind of nice. He actually have you seen Bullet Train? Mm-mm. He's got a weird cameo in that, that one too. Yeah, yeah. You should watch it. Well, no. Uh, I'm trying to think of violence and gore now, but it's it's a fun movie though. I bet you'd have fun with it. Um, yeah, but yeah, I guess that's sort of a spoiler. It's yeah, there's some fun stuff though. Um, anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of mentioned this earlier, but one thing I didn't realize this about this movie was that it would it would be pretty funny at times. I mean, yeah. outside of like the what some people would consider comedic use of gore, which I just found an excessive use of gore, but some of the dialogue and some of the like um, actions and comedic timing are really, really go- good. You know, yeah. Um, are, are Quentin Tarantino's movies like that? They're like kind of yeah. have a funny undertone to them. Okay. That's what I thought. It's like a really tasteful, like wit. Like I would probably say wit mm-hmm. is probably the best, especially in glorious bastards. Um, oh, well, Oh, what? What's his name? Christoph Waltz. Uh, he's he's in both Inglorious Bastards and Django Unchained, and his character is always really witty. Like in both films, like he's a pretty witty guy. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's there's always like a little undertone of like just ridiculous, over the top, kind of witty, um, but also really like in your face can be like really beautiful and you know masterful. Yeah. It's it's all really well married together, I feel like. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I feel like like the first time I realized like, oh, I think this movie might be kind of funny is when um John, John Ruth asks to see the Lincoln letter in the stagecoach. Yeah. And he like just got finished punching Daisy in the face and then he like no, pulls before. out reading glasses. No, that happened before. No, well he doesn't he like he reads no, the he letter hits, first. No, but he hits her at some point. Oh, before that. Well, who who does? Sorry, John Ruth. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you yeah. see him commit violence against Daisy, um, and then it's not when he elbows her in the face, but he like hits her or something, and then he like pulls out these reading glasses yeah. to like read this letter, you know, and you're like, what? <laughs> Yeah, I know. He almost looks like Santa Claus a little bit for a second. I don't know if it's just the snow, <laughs> yeah. but the, the glasses and it's funny are too, Santa Claus. 
<laughs> and I, I was reading too about this that this was very intentional on Quentin Tarantino's part. Mm-hmm. But um, you watch this, and who you're rooting for kind of changes throughout the oh, movie. You did know? it for you? Yeah, like your allegiance to people changes because their allegiances change depending on who their common enemy is. But like the movie started and I didn't like John Ruth. I was like, oh, this guy's mm-hmm. really bad. He's kind of annoying. And then you meet all these other people who are way worse than him. <laughs> and you're like, oh, wait, I kind of like John Ruth. He's kind of this like affable dummy. You know, he's yeah. sort of got this twisted sense of justice, but sure, he's kind of a nice guy. Um And then, like, you don't like Chris throughout it, but then Chris teams up with Warren and you're like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm rooting for them now, you know? Yeah. Um, So you have, like, at least for me, there was this shifting sense of allegiance to usually it's kind of whoever's aligned with Warren at the time, you know? Yeah, sure. Um, Yeah. I kind of liked that, that you're rooting for different people at different times, depending on who they're aligned with. Yeah, what's funny about John Ruth is um, he's... There's no in between with him. I feel like he's either really sentimental or like really, you know, nice, or he's just hitting people in the face and mistrusting. violent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is funny. And and a great example of that is when Daisy is singing that song on the guitar, and he's like, "Oh, does that does that song have another verse to it?" And she's like, "Yeah." And he's like really into it, and he's being really nice and enjoying her presence. And then she obviously, you know, works in that he's gonna die or something into the thing and then he what does he do he hits her oh no he breaks he might have he hit breaks her the guitar but he breaks the guitar her. Yeah. And that's it he's just got two modes he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't have anything yeah, in between which two. is funny um, um i yeah, yeah I, oh sorry i, well, I no, was go just ahead, gonna go say my allegiance pretty much just stays with major warren the whole time yeah, yeah i think that's what happens you stay with warren and then depending on who he's aligned with your vote you're now rooting for that person yeah sure you know Man, yeah yeah, because I never really had a problem with John Ruth, um, and then I, I guess yeah, at the end when the friendship kind of really happens between yeah, yeah. Major Warren and the sheriff, I'm like, okay, uh, the sheriff, sort of redeeming qualities, I guess, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, which is really funny, and you don't expect it either because he's kind of a He's just stupid and kind of a piece of junk. Yet again, he is the sheriff of a town, so maybe he's not terrible. I don't know, but you, you're not super into him. He's just kind of an idiot. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, you're like, yes, team up. Killer, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think, too, I don't, I'm don't. i not saying that this is um, Quentin Tarantino's purpose of this, but one thing I do kind of like about this weird friendship between Chris and Warren is that, Chris, you meet him, and he's like, blatantly explicitly racist you know yeah um he served the confederate he's like all about the south all this different stuff um and then at the end of it he's like dying and he has his head resting on warren's lap and they're yeah. like sharing a his death bed together lap. literally yeah you know yeah um and i i think it's Brene brown who i maybe it's her or somebody else she has this quote that says it's hard to hate up close um and i really like that Chris goes into this film probably never really ever talking to a black person in any sort of um, equal power dynamic ever. Mm. Um, Like Mm -hmm. all he's ever learned about black people is what he's learned from like the racist Confederate South. And then he shares this evening, I guess, like snowstorm with Warren, who he's 
very racist towards throughout the film. But as they sort of like bond and get to know each other and realize they have shared interests, a lot of that um, explicit or like extreme racism melts away from him kind of as they get to know each other on a more personal level. And obviously I don't think Quentin Tarantino is trying to be like, Oh, spend one night with a racist person and you'll like fix them. I don't think that's the message here, but I do like this idea of, um, as they get to know each other, you see, uh, Chris's extreme racism sort of, um, pander out a little bit or peter out. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Which is, I don't know. I just think that that's, um, really cool. And obviously it serves the story as well. It serves the, you know, what you're trying to get to the end goal here and the climax and all that stuff. So I think, I think it's, uh, really well done for sure. (laughs) Yeah. What what are you laughing at? I was just thinking, so I don't I don't like gore. I don't like when there's like chunks of stuff, but um yeah. I was just thinking of the scene when they drink the poison and they just start like vomiting blood everywhere. Yeah. Uh, that's like the one time where I was laughing at the gore because it's just yeah. blood. And it's so sure. it's that I would say is campy. Yeah. Because it's so much blood. Like there's no way that a human would expel blood like that, you know? Dude. Um uh, wh- but when he vomits yeah. all over Daisy's yeah. face and then the rest of the movie she's just like covered in blood. Yeah. Dude, as the movie progresses, so she just looks worse and worse. And, <laughs> and by the end she has like totally like a lot of missing teeth, blood everywhere. <laughs> like it's so gross. chunks of her brother's brain in her hair. She's got a dead arm, a dead a dead body's arm attached to her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is awesome because they work that into the the shot at the end when she's hung. Let, okay, so when when I first watched this movie, that hanging scene made me feel so uncomfortable. I was like, "Whoa, dude!" Because the music is so intense, and they're just laughing at her, and they're hanging her, and watching her die. And that was probably the first time I ever saw something that jarring, like in a movie, at least. Well, in real life too. I don't think I've ever seen it. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen anything that jarring. Um, but it's it catches you off guard for sure. I, how did mm-hmm. you feel on your first time? Yeah, I think it's definitely you're like, whoa, we're here for a long time. And I actually um, one of the feminist writers that I was reading about um, talks about that, like that Quentin Tarantino focuses on her hanging scene for like an uncomfortable amount of time, you know? Yeah, I I that I would definitely say that that's intentional on his part. For sure. For sure. Really trying to make you feel it, I think. And and yeah. you know what? Like, her face is just dead. You know, like she's in shock, which is actually really kind of cool in a way because, like, all throughout the film, she smiles all the time because she knows she knows the people that are in the room. You know, at least you know some of the people that are in the room. She knows that they've got a plan and everything's gonna be fine, um, or everything should be fine. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna get her out of this situation. She's very cocky a lot of the time, and that's the only time that she's defeated and you see that on her face and it's over, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Which is crazy. And um, it's also really interesting because a lot of the time throughout the film you hear you know oh i'm gonna laugh when i watch you die you know and you hear that over and over and yeah, over she's and really over again. confident yeah exactly but obviously they're the, they're the ones laughing and even john root says that at some point like i'm gonna watch him kick your face in until you die and i'm gonna watch 
you know, from over there or something, you know, whatever mm-hmm. he says. And so you finally, you, you get there <laughs> and uh, they're laughing, but you on the other, maybe there's some people laughing at that, but me on the other end, it's like, whoa, dang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think it brings in that theme of hate, right? Like yeah. they're literally dying on their bed and they're yeah. laughing at this woman being hung in front of them, you know? Yeah. Like hate is a very uh, strong theme throughout this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely tackling racism, but always at its core, like hate is definitely that's the overarching, like yeah, yeah. So who are the hateful eight? Is there not eight of them? I don't know. Because <laughs> well, uh, you have Warren, John Ruth, Chris, Daisy. Yeah. Then you have the general, um, uh, Oswaldo, Joe Gage, um, Bob, Bob, Jody. Do you say Jody? Uh, uh, Ob. Oh, Ob. <laughs> so that's nine. I. Yeah. Sorry, I'm not going to get away from your question. Yeah. So maybe it's all of them minus Ob because Ob is just kind of like a random. Yeah, that's true. He he doesn't seem to be racist whatsoever. He doesn't seem to be hateful towards the prisoner whatsoever. He's just chilling. Doing He's his just job. chilling. Yeah, probably. Is Minnie in the mix? Because she hates Mexicans <laughs> and dogs <laughs> and dogs apparently. But then she stopped hating dogs and she t- took down the yeah, sign. Maybe that's who know. it is. Then all of those minus minus have- Ob. Maybe OB yeah. stands for out of bounds. Out of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I wonder if there's actually meaning behind that whatsoever. Um, definitely not Six Horse Judy. She's probably the happiest person in the whole film. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like, you meet her and you're like, this poor lady is going to die. I know. She's so nice. <laughs> it's so sad because she's definitely Even, flirting with what's his face. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Isn't um his, his name Sweet Dave? Yeah. Even Sweet Dave is like, <laughs> they're all so nice. Yeah, like, oh. Gemma and Minnie are all like, it's kind of, it's obviously serving as like a foil to yeah. the rest of the cast, but like, they're all so like happy and nice and flirty and yeah. like they're there just have a good time and then all of these like super nice people die. <laughs> I know. It's such a bummer. At the same time, it's like. But it makes it comedic it's, when it's you have comedic. all these like shitty people. Yeah. Duking it out, you know. Yeah, it's true. They, I mean, they get. They get what's coming to them. I mean, yeah, probably every single one of them. Like, if anyone deserved to die, they all sort of equally deserve to die. (laughs) I don't know, in a way. I'm also like, do you think they really cleaned up all those blood and guts and brains well enough? Yeah. I I feel like Warren would have seen some, like, brains somewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But... I'm trying to think, because Warren sees the jelly bean on the ground. Right? The one jelly bean. You remember that? It was like a yeah. red jelly bean. And he's just like... And then he looks up. It's it's so cool. That's that's what I love. It's so established with his character that he really knows this place. Because he knows mm-hmm. that sweet Dave's chair. He looks up at the, you know, the jars. He probably counts that one's missing. And he's like, that's weird. You know? And he knows that there's a no hat policy. He knows exactly... I love the whole stew thing. The stew. Yeah. yeah. That whole explanation. See, that's one of those things where it's like that could have been explained in about three sentences, but it's about a five minute scene of him talking about mm-hmm. stew. But the dialogue yeah. is so good that you're still kind of hanging in there for it, you know? Yeah, he delivers it really well. 
Yeah. Oh, dude. So good. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I just think it's so cool that, uh, just like the level of care with his character and how he really knows. It makes me think of the Batman, which I know you didn't really like, but one of my gripes with it was like the audience didn't really get to solve any puzzles because Batman was just on it every time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the same thing happens here, but it's just delivered so well and it it goes into character like backstory and stuff and development or not development but character backstory i don't know is there a difference between character development is like oh there's an arch with your character right i don't know (laughs) and then the backstory is obviously just yeah i would say typically the backstory drives the character yeah right it sort of explains their motivations or their goals or desires or yeah. So yeah. Like so that. they really get into his backstory the most for sure. Like it's really yeah. established that he knows. He's got really good um, intuitions. He definitely knows everything there is to know about the haberdashery, whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. And uh, he definitely knows these characters as well inside out because um, he knows exactly what the general's going to do when he places that gun. Mm-hmm. Do you think that story was true? With his son? No. I don't think so either. Mm-mm. I think I think we learn that he's a liar and he yeah. lies to get certain reactions out of white people. Yeah. Um, and he wanted to kill the general and he needed an ex- excuse to be able to do that. And he knew the general would, would yeah. feed into it. He just kept going. Because he had so many various different descriptive things going on and then the last two minutes is just him talking about his son sucking his nuts you know you know (laughs) and just laughing too yeah yeah (laughs) which is so messed up but did that catch you off there's so many scenes that catch you off guard in this movie was that a little too much (laughs) not that it's too much but it's just like so over the top i I don't know yeah (laughs) No, yeah, yeah. Which which tells me that it's a little, it's got to be. Like, that's part of why, to me, it's a lie for sure. But, yeah, it is yeah. established with the whole letter and Mary Todd and all that stuff. Um, that he's he's kind of a, he'll, he'll lie to get what he wants for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did, I did love, like, one of the, one of the ending kind of things that's said by Chris, you know, the sheriff, oh, Mary Todd. That's a nice touch, you know? Like what a <laughs> yeah, yeah. what a cute little moment. And then yeah. also another cute moment is how devastated John Ruth is to learn that the letter's not true. <laughs> he's so devastated. It's so funny to yeah, me. Yeah, he's really hurt. And then Daisy's like laughing and Yeah, right, right. She's like, That's a good one. <laughs> That's a and then she gets oh, stew in the face or something, I think. I can't yeah, remember. Stew exactly. in the face, yeah. But but yeah, he's been hanging like he's like if there's one bit of happiness that he's ever experienced in his life, it was knowing about that letter and for it to yeah, not be he true. Was, it ruins he was so respectful when asking him for it in the stagecoach. That's he's true. Like, oh, I know. I know you might not want to show it, and I understand. Like he just becomes so polite and like deferential. That's a good point. Um, I think. I think it's so smart at the beginning when Chris is first introduced, he's so far off um, and and trying, you know, yelling for help and all that stuff at the stagecoach. And John Ruth, uh, he he's not really saying the N-word that much. And he usually says, you know, black man or whatever when he's talking about Major Warren. Mm-hmm. But then the second, the second that he's like, ooh, 
there's this random guy that shows up out of nowhere and here's Samuel Jackson, you know, or you know, Major Warren. Yeah. Then he starts throwing out the N-word a lot more than he was before, which is mm-hmm. very interesting. It, like it Yeah, I, it serves a purpose for his character, right? You're yeah. showing that he's suddenly on edge or he doesn't trust him as much or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. Again, you know, the two modes of John Ruth. Um Yeah. Uh, the face exploding. Dude, I love I I knew the moment that <laughs> Jody I knew the moment Jody came out of that basement I was like there's no way that Warren is going to let this guy live. He is going to blow his face off. Well, I think Bob's face blowing apart was yeah, even Yeah, that worse. was a scene where I looked away cuz oh, really? I knew what was coming and I was like I do not need to see this. It was just like a whole balloon filled with red, you know, syrup. It was so good, dude. I, yeah, I did not need to see that. I'm so in for that. I love it. Um, I do love how, I mean, we talked about it a little bit, but I do love how quickly Major Warren takes charge once John Ruth dies. And this guy has been kind of pulling the strings this whole time. He's finally dead. Get up against the wall now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like he kind of distrusted you, but I'm going to take charge now. You know, I'm not yeah. going to be watching over, which is funny because John Ruth, you know, um, the job's supposed to be hard or whatever. He's He never closes his eyes. He keeps an eye on his bounty until they're hung. Um, and then it's established earlier on that Major Warren kills all of his bounties because he doesn't want to work that hard. He just wants to collect his money, even if it's not as much. Like He doesn't have to work as hard. He can go at a faster clip, probably. It's a lot better. And so you kind of get the same thing with you know just just kind of this whole thing where John Ruth, I'm going to take all your guns. I'm going to keep an eye on you. We're going to make this hard or whatever for me. Maybe not for them. I don't know. I guess for them because they probably wanted their guns to be able to take charge of the situation. But he he usually takes the hard way. Whereas like once that that force, I guess, is dead with John Ruth, Major Warren's like, nope, easy way now. Get up against the wall. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm not gonna look from all sides to try to see if someone's pulling. You know something. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be watching you right now. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I can't. Remember. I would definitely just kill them. Just every single one of them, dead or alive. No, no. Like if I were a bounty hunter, dead or alive would be. Oh yeah, dead. Oh, you're you're giving away one of the. Um, oh, sorry. Players' favorites. I'm no, just kidding. Great film, I think. Yeah, it if- was. Um, it was enjoyable to watch, you know. I may not watch it again, but I under, I see its value. Yeah. Again, the music so good. Yeah, the music is phenomenal. cinematography so good. Actually, I guess yeah, really the last thing that I want to say is the the cinematography, you know, the establishing shots, you get all of the the environment and all that stuff and the music being so unsettling. It reminded me instantly of The Shining. Did it do the same for you at all? Oh, for sure. For yeah. sure. It's just like I get. I am. Pre- we probably said the same thing. Like it totally sets the tone for the rest of the yeah, movie. You're it su- establishes the movie very well. Love it. Brilliantly done. Can't wait for my next pick to be another Quentin Tarantino film. Just for you, Big T. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna watch it on Vid Angel. <laughs> Vid Angel, cut out all the gore. You'll miss. You'll miss fifty percent of the movie. Yeah, guaranteed. two yeah. hours and forty-seven minutes now becomes forty-seven minutes. <laughs> you'll have half of the people that you. Half of the characters that you were introduced to are just no longer in the film. You're like, what happened? <laughs> I think they died. They must have died, I guess. Um, great. Well, I'm. hey, 
This is your first Quentin Tarantino film. I think so. I think so. Look at you. Look at you making it. Powering through, like we said earlier. Powering through. <laughs> you made it on the other side. Bloodless. Stainless. Not bruised. Unlike Daisy. Hey. No final thoughts yes. for you? Um, if you like gore, it's a great movie. Um, but I think it was a fun watch. Yeah. Great dialogue. I thought there were some really good yes. pieces of dialogue that were very captivating. So if you if you if you're trying to write a movie or a script or something, just you watch some Quentin Tarantino films and you'll understand how to write dialogue pretty quickly. Maybe yeah. a little too self indulgent, but pretty good nonetheless. Cool. Yeah. Sweet. Well, with that out of the way, let us get into our final segment. No. Well, our final real segment about the film, Layers of Favorites. Of course, this is the game where I ask a series of this or that questions, rapid fire for Big T to answer, all having to do with the film. Big T, are you ready? Born ready. Nice. Back to it. Okay. Number one, bring him in dead or hang him. <laughs> bring him in dead. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that was the first one. Uh, number two, risk the bounty and let people on the wagon with your bounty or press on alone. Press on alone. Yeah, that's probably a good, a good answer. One piece of wood or two? <laughs> two. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. That I love Which is that. such like a random element to add, you know? <laughs> but for some reason, it's love, awesome to me. I don't know it's why. It's so funny. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's yelling, you have to nail two. <laughs> and then like, yeah, it's so good. And then that's that's the final piece of of like the the connecting tissue between what happened earlier and what you know and where the characters were met and all that stuff it's very funny okay number four was the this is actually not really this or that was the general legally killed or murdered uh are you asking for my opinion or like a legal perspective i don't know opinion whatever i would say i would just be like he was legally killed yeah, it was it was we'll write sort it off of in self-defense. Self-defense. <laughs> nice. Okay. Uh number five. Bad coffee or poison coffee? <laughs> <laughs> bad coffee. Yeah. Okay, good answer. Number six. Oswaldo Mowbray or Six Horse Judy. Six Horse Judy. Hey. Uh number seven. For some reason I just thought that you were gonna like Oswaldo a lot more. I do I like Oswaldo, oh, okay. but Six Horse Judy was so nice. Uh, yeah, I agree. Number seven, peppermint sticks or jelly beans? Jelly beans. Number eight, hide in the basement or join the party? Hide in the basement. Really? You don't want to be a part of the conversation throughout the... That would be so boring just by yourself. Okay, but at least you don't get shot in the face. Trying really hard. You would have to try so hard not to step on something because you're supposed to follow those nuts wherever you go, you know? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Number, Number nine, Jody or Daisy? Daisy. Yeah, you do like Daisy. I wasn't I wasn't actually anticipating you liking Daisy as much as you did. Number I think 10, her character is so funny. She is funny. <laughs> She's just like crazy the whole time. She is, yeah. Uh number ten, take last one. Take Daisy's deal or hang her? Hang her, hundred percent. There's no way she was telling the truth. I was gonna ask you that and I forgot to. But no, yeah. No. I, I all of them are liars. Every I don't single trust one of them. nobody in that room. I agree. Love it. Okay. Sweet. Thanks for playing. You're welcome. Where's my cash prize? Uh, uh, you get to see me and my mustache. Okay. 
Woohoo. With I'll that, take it. <laughs> with that all done, games, discussion, whatever, Big T, you will be revealing the final film for season two of Layers of Film, which is crazy to me, by the way. I know. Look at us. I can't believe it's almost been two years. That's wild. But, Big T, what movie are we watching for our final film of season two? Frozen. (laughs) Are you serious? Okay. No. Um, (laughs) We've talked about this movie before. Do you want to take a gander, or should I just tell you? A gander? Is it on your list or something? Um, I don't know if it's on my list. Okay. Maybe. Never mind. I don't, I don't We've know. talked about it recently. Oh. Well, we've talked about a few recently. Yeah. Um, we are going to be finishing off season two with Promising Young Woman. Oh, you have talked about this. Promising yes. Young Woman. You want to give any high-level notes on that? Uh, 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Ooh. Um, I personally think that this movie is great. Okay. Um, trigger warning there. It, a big part of it is about sexual assault. Gotcha. Um, but I really like it and I'm excited to hear what you have to say about it. Bo Burnham. Bo Burnham. Yep. The comedian? Yep. What? All right. Yeah. I'm, and now I'm even more intrigued. Allison Brie as well. I do like Allison Brie. Yeah, she's a minor character, but um Okay. No. Okay. All right. So I, yeah, I'm excited to see what you think about this cuz it uh addresses a lot of relevant social issues, I think, but I also think the storytelling is very captivating. Cool. Sweet. Well, I'm excited. This is going to be interesting. I've never uh, yeah, you talked about it, but I've never seen this movie. I don't really know anything about this film. So this will be just going blind. Interesting. Like Big T said, you know, maybe yeah, trigger warning. Check out the IMDb uh whatever parental guide. It's rated R. See what you're able to deal with or what you can handle or or don't. Maybe you enjoy just listening to the show anyway, even if you don't know what's going on. Whatever. I don't know. Trying to learn English. <laughs> Yeah, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Which I, hey. It's on. Yeah, it's yeah. on Amazon. I think for free if you have that. Oh, really? Because it I'm... also says it's on Freebie, but who knows if that's accurate? Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm seeing on Amazon. You got to rent it or buy it. But yeah. oh, I don't know. Maybe you do then. I don't know. But yeah, Freebie. I guess if you got it, I'm sure someone out there has Freebie over MGM Plus or whatever. Um, this this episode that Freebie is free. Freebie is free. That's good. Freebie's actually part of Amazon, I think. Oh. Freebie is the sh- is the channel that did jury duty. I, I'm pretty oh. sure. Oh, it's So I think you can watch it for free on Amazon. Oh, I see. Okay. Or, or purchase it, but you have to watch it with commercials, I guess. Yeah, yeah right. Ads. Anyway. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Well, we will be covering that film, Promising Young Woman. Uh, that episode will come out August 7th, which... Wow, that's actually pretty late in the month. That's right. I'm pretty sure from August and on, it's going to be like really late episodes or something like that. I don't know. But that'll be a big deal. Uh, we'll talk about it more in um, in the next episode. But after that, we will also be doing our ranking of season two, which will be fun. And so that episode will come out probably in the same month, just a little bit later. But whenever it comes out, you I don't You have to know. be a premium subscriber, though, to get that episode, right? That's true. 
That's true. Then you... me $5 and I'll send it to you. No. Remember we discussed the premium subscriber has to pay $5 million. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. So if that's really important to you, $5 million, I'm sure you can wire it to us or whatever. I don't know. Or a bounty. We'll send bounty. you a list of our enemies. And if you bring them dead or alive, then <laughs> you get access to it. <laughs> I would definitely take in um, whatever. M- Mulbray. M- Mowbray. Mulbray. Because he was worth $15,000. Anyway. I don't know how the sister of the leader of the gang is worth less than him, but... Sexism. Unequal pay. <laughs> <laughs> this is bullcrap for bounties. I don't know how that works out. Okay, cool. All right. Thanks again for listening. We appreciate you. Keep spreading the good word of layers of film. <laughs> it's some good stuff. I think we have a good time. You guys seem to be having a good time. The The listenership is going up steadily, and it's delicious. Thank you. I'm tired again, remember? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> have a good time. We will see you again on August 7th. Again, promising young women. Have a great month. Love you. Bye. Have a great summer. Mm-hmm.